Hello and welcome to the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Alberto Ligi. Today it's a very festive episode. We are celebrating our 200th episode, and I'm also recording this right now on Christmas Day 2022. So we have a festive context for you today. When I look back over the last four years, since early 2019, it's a little bit amazing that I've had 200 uh, really interesting episodes and, uh, and I've learned so much from each and every one of my guests. And initially, each episode was simply a conversation, but over, over the years, it's become much more of a sort of case study approach. So from each and every one of these episodes, we try to structure things so that you walk away better informed about a specific topic, whether that's impact investing, trust-based philanthropy, social uh, entrepreneurship, uh, or various other things. And um, I am a visiting fellow at Judge Business School at the University of Cambridge. And, you know, case studies are a big part of business school. And, uh, And I thought, you know, why not structure our conversations like that a little bit so that you as a policymaker or a philanthropist or a practitioner in the front lines are a little bit better informed about what's going on and hopefully enthused to take some action and maybe even innovate in ways that were um, not predicted by you before. So it's four years. What I've done today is just cherry-picked a handful of conversations I've had over the last four years that I thought were remarkable for different reasons. So we'll have a little bit of uh, fun today listening to some sound bites from the likes of David Miliband and Julia Gillard and Bob Moritz, who is the global chair of PwC, uh, Paul Pullman, who needs very little introduction in terms of the corporate world and driving the sustainability agenda, uh, Sia Khaleesi, the first black captain of the Springboks, uh, South Africa's national rugby team, and, uh, and David Lynch, Oscar winner and creative genius. So I'm cherry-picking a handful of episodes for you, and, uh, and I think you'll enjoy that as well. Also, just to give you some context behind the scenes, this is very much a labor of love, the Do One Better podcast. And it's not just a podcast, but it's also a knowledge hub. So at Ligi.org, that's L-I-D-J-I.org, you can see a little bit more about each one of these conversations and find out more. And if you're interested in understanding a specific area better, uh, whether, again, that's trust-based philanthropy or early childhood education or something else, I encourage you to just get in touch through the website. And I'll be glad to uh, create uh, a short playlist of, say, three or four or five episodes that will be really useful for you. And I'll tell you why each one of those episodes is useful to you and also give you some insight into the, the landscape in which these episodes rest so that you understand that better as well. Um, many people have found that very useful, and, and, and you might as well. Also, if you are interested in launching your own podcast, I think you should. It's a, it's a, it's a growing field, so it's, it is a little bit competitive, but it's certainly not an insurmountable hurdle. I think if you have been thinking about launching a podcast, maybe 2023 is just the right time for you. And if you're interested in finding out how to do that, how to edit how to uh, get guests on the show, how to amplify on social media, 
how to get the right editorial angle for these different conversations, and maybe what the USP, you know, should be. Again, get in touch. I've helped quite a few other organizations and individuals uh, create their own podcasts and podcast miniseries, and so um, maybe this is just the right thing for you as a New Year's resolution for 2023. So without further ado, I'm going to uh, pass on to a few of these remarkable conversations that I've had over the last four years. And first of all, I'm going to kick off with David Miliband, who is the head of the IRC, the International Rescue Committee, and was formerly the Foreign Secretary here in the UK. So this is what he had to say when he was on the show. And so I always say to people that as a, as a politician, and certainly as a foreign minister, you're looking through one end of the telescope. You've got the bird's eye view, and the danger is that you miss the people. In an NGO, you're looking from the other end of the telescope. The great thing is you can see the people. The danger is that you miss the big picture. And what I try and do in my job is be halfway along the telescope, and you can see both ends, and you don't get trapped in the middle. I think that the one thing I always try to uh, say to people is that the that phrase, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. It was a phrase that was popularized by Martin Luther King. Um, it'll only bend towards justice. The moral arc of the universe will only bend towards justice if it is bent that way. And the most important thing I think for your listeners is not to be daunted by the scale of the problem, because the truth is that the humanitarian crises we face in the 20 countries that I highlighted earlier that are responsible for 88% of humanitarian need, those problems are only unmanageable if we don't manage them. So don't fall for a, the disempowerment that says these problems are insoluble. That's the prophecy of doom. Another really interesting conversation I had was with David Lynch, creative genius, Oscar winner, filmmaker, and uh, he spoke very candidly about some of his experiences and how meditation has helped him uh, succeed. Uh, so listen to this. Uh, my film Dune, to me, was a giant failure. I did not have um, final cut. I didn't have creative control. And it was, I felt I sold out. And it wasn't the film I wanted to make, and it was a commercial uh, failure. So I didn't. I don't think if I if I had didn't hadn't had that inner strength from meditation from transcending every day, I might have wanted to check out. Mm. And there were things that happened other times in my life where, you know, I was going through something that was giving me nightmares, and the nightmares were horrible. But then I'd wake up and I'd wish I could go back into the nightmare as bad as it was because being awake during these things was even worse. So um, uh, this inner strength that comes uh, from transcending every day, building that consciousness more and more and those qualities saves us and it gets us through tough times. So from David Lynch now, we head over to Julia Gillard, who joined us a while back. She was Prime Minister of Australia. She was Australia's first woman Prime Minister and is very much uh, focused in the field of education. She was, at the time when she joined us, uh, the, the head of the uh, 
of the GPE, the Global Partnership for Education, and this is what Julia had to say. Well, I'm in that stage of my life where uh, I can say uh, the first line of my obituary is already written. It will inevitably record that I was the 27th Prime Minister of Australia and the first woman to uh, lead this nation. So uh, in some ways, I don't have to worry about any of that anymore. Uh, that job's done. Uh, so I uh, can do the things that I've been passionate about. I've been passionate about education all my life. It was the driving impulse that took me into politics uh, and I spend time doing that now. I focus a great deal on women's leadership. Uh, I believe that it starts with educating a girl and it ends with women leaders. Now, moving from the world of policy and education into the, into the corporate world, and Bob Moritz, who's the global chair of PwC, uh, one of the largest uh, accounting firms and uh, consulting firms out there. Uh, Bob joined us a little while ago and he, uh, he was quite, I think, insightful in terms of the big picture of how things are shifting. So this is what Bob shared with us. Three things have fundamentally changed over the last, call it, decade or two. Number one, the world has become judge and jury. The world sees with much more transparency a lot more what's happening around the world in places they never would have seen before. The second thing is that voice that they have gets amplified through technology, social media, and otherwise. And third, as a result, they are, society is, a broader and different form of activism. We always talk about activism being financial activists. Mm -hmm. Well, we have employee activism, consumer activism, and societal activism. And CEOs need to react to that more so than ever before, not only for survivability, but also sustainability. Now, moving from the large corporate world, perhaps let's look at a little bit of entrepreneurship. And uh, interestingly, I had Cherie Blair on the show uh, a while back, and she is really focused on driving forward uh, women entrepreneurs. So in other words, encouraging that. And, uh, and there is a gender gap. Uh, there are many hurdles that need to be overcome and she's doing some remarkable work with her foundation in terms of encouraging uh, women entrepreneurs and uh, we just touched a little bit on the context in which she's operating the world is not going to succeed we're not going to get over this pandemic we're not going to re reach the sustainable development goals if we ignore 50 percent of the population that are women and women have so much to offer this is the time I'm determined when women's voices will be heard, women's contribution will be acknowledged. And to make that happen, uh, we need to ensure that women have the skills, uh, the confidence, the networks to enable them to define their futures. So that was Sherry, that was Sherry Blair. Such a pleasure to have her on the show. Another really interesting conversation I had was with Keith Barr the global CEO of Intercontinental Hotels Group. We were talking about how they are looking to decarbonize one million hotel rooms. And uh, it's a monumental task. So let's, let's listen a little bit to what Keith uh, had to say when he was on the show a while back. You will probably see the hotel experience change more today into the next 10 years than probably in the previous 50. I think the way the way... And COVID, COVID has driven some of that in many ways. Um, you know, I, I joke around with the team 
we took everything out of the room that people touched during COVID for safety reasons. And now I'm, I'm asking, what really needs to go back in? Because I talk, I talk to business travelers. Make sure you put a bed. Well, a bed's there, absolutely. But I'm, I'm talking about pens and papers and tents and you know all the stuff that we put in rooms. And we've done it because we've always done it. Right. I mean, all, you know, and you kind of go, do we need to? You know, do we need to have that big guest room directory sitting there anymore? Which, you know, we have to, it takes energy to make it and to print it and to, and it creates waste when we have to edit it and update it versus, hey, just put a QR code in there or put it up on the TV and people can find it a different way. And we learned from COVID a lot of things that we used to do, we just don't need to do anymore. And customers are happy with that and actually makes us more sustainable. Now, when I think about uh, the sustainability agenda, the global sustainability agenda, and I think about mobilizing corporate resources to to drive that forward, I think if you're like me, uh, the first person who comes to mind is Paul Pullman. Uh, Paul used to be the global uh, CEO of Unilever, and now he's doing some remarkable work in trying to drive forward uh, the corporate world and their uh, tackling of the sustainability agenda. He speaks from the heart, uh, from beginning to end, and what was one of the most memorable episodes for me. And um, and have a have a listen to what he has to say. I I found it quite touching. Uh, Desmond Tutu said it well when he was on the panel with me once a few years ago. Are uh, you optimistic or are you pessimistic? And he says, I'm a prisoner of hope. And I think. Uh, it's too late to be a pessimist. And, and I would also say uh, that prisoner of hope thing was appealing to me. And that comes from the increased uh, collaboration that we see, the increased sense of purpose, especially amongst the uh, younger people who have a great sense of hope, if you want to, and, uh, and the enormous future possibilities that we have. It's a great world. There's nothing wrong in that sense, provided we behave like adults increasingly. But for the last few years, we've discovered it's the kids who behave like adults and the adults who behave like kids. So if we wake up now and and see this as a defining moment for all of us, then yeah, then I will stay a prisoner of hope. Well, we've talked about a uh, a lot of things, Alberto, but I think the notion that we are all connected, that we are all here for a bigger thing than ourselves, that true leaders are first and foremost human beings that understand that they have to put themselves to the service of others and by doing so, they would be better off themselves as well, I think, is a, is a key thing. Um, the moment life really starts is when you realize that it's not about yourself. And to wrap things up, uh, I'd like to do so with some words from Sia Khaleesi, uh, captain of the Springboks, South Africa's uh, rugby team, national rugby team. He is uh, he, the first black captain of the Springboks. And at the end of every episode, generally I ask people for... A key takeaway, um, and uh, and what he does is he 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 turns that around a little bit, and he challenges us, uh, the audience, uh, with a call to action, and I thought that was really uh, a nice way of doing it, and that's one of the most memorable episodes uh, that I had on the show was Sia and his wife Rachel, uh, they were both. Uh, on the show, Sia Khaleesi and Rachel Khaleesi, and they spoke from the heart and truly blew me away with the, the sort of work they're doing in South Africa and, uh, 
and the personal narrative, not just the, the professional trajectory, but the personal narrative, which is truly a, a, a remarkable story as well. So I'd like to conclude with that. And, uh, and I hope you enjoy. Uh, for me, it's more of a challenge for the listeners. Um, I would like to challenge them that um, and from young people all the way to people already working, um, already got their jobs, maybe you established or you're working your way up. I just want to challenge people to work for more than themselves. You mm. know, I'm challenge people to find purpose, you know, what their purpose is, because that's exactly what you need in life. I challenge people to not, when I say not just work for yourself, you must know that there are so many people who are in need in this world. You know, yes, work for your family. Yes, work for yourself. Work for people you know, help them out. But try and pick up something, a challenge that's happening in the world. Someone that maybe it's bursaries. You're working to put a little bit of money in bursaries for other people. Or maybe you're helping a, a kid buy school shoes or you be a, and anything like that. And maybe you're donating towards gender-based violence, you know, as a man or, or woman. Find something that's going to make you get out of bed when, because it's easy to say no to yourself. It's mm. easy to say, I'll just sleep in. When you find something that makes you wake up because you have no choice because you want to make sure you're making a difference sure. in someone's life and in this world, that will make this world a better place. Because I believe if we all do that, if we all pick one one thing in this world that we want to change or someone's life that we want to change, that we will go to we'll go to a much, much, much better place. Mm-hmm. And that's what's been driving me each and every single day. Perfect. And that's a wrap. Thank you so very much for joining us today and joining me today on the Do One Better podcast as we celebrate the 200th episode of what is a labor of love uh, for me. I can't tell you how uh, happy I am that I embarked on this journey to create this body of knowledge uh, in the world of philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship. I, I always enjoy uh, producing the episodes, doing the interviews, and listening to the feedback, uh, which is great. To find a little bit more about uh, the work that uh, we're doing and to get in touch, just visit our website at liji.org. That's L-I-D-J-I.org. Uh, I am recording this today on, the, on Christmas Day, uh, 2022. So for everyone who's celebrating, uh, a Merry Christmas. And also, as we approach the new year, I wish you all the very best for 2023 and a very happy new year. And I'll see you on Monday at the very start of 2023. Be well and thank you.